The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of That's a Retrograde is brought to you by Thrive Market. Head over to thrivemarket.com slash retrograde and get 25% off your first order and your first month free. Now play the jingle. That is so retrograde. It's still retrograde, guys. How but are we doing? It's spring. Ooh, spring hath sprung. Welcome back to the show. I'm Elizabeth Cott. Hello, Elizabeth Cott. I'm Stephanie Simbari. Good morning to you, Steph. How are you doing? Good morning. Good morning. Obviously, I'm doing amazingly. <laughs> if you're singing it, it's clearly an amazing thing. I um before I got here, I jumped on my uh, Bellicon rebounder. Nothing better. To wake you up. And oh, some of you guys have been DMing me about this. And, you know, we actually have a code to get you hooked up with the Bellicon. Yeah. So it's on our website. Oh, it's on our website. Mm-hmm. Great. Just head on over there and check it out because it's changed my life. I love it so much. And then I pair that with the LEK Fit streaming service. So good. And I'm living my best life. Of course, I do have to navigate the perils of living above someone in order to bounce. But you know what? We're communicating. We're working together. Working together. It's great. I started an Instagram thing where I was like tracking my workouts and then I like forgot to track it. But guys, I am on day 14. I saw it. I just I'm, forgot. I'm engaged. I'm, I'm like, wow, I'm a fit fam. really bad influencer just like dropped off at day 13. <laughs> I'm nothing if not... Somewhat not consistent. <laughs> I'm like, am I still doing this? <laughs> well, um, I decided this morning that I'm going to um, refrain from coffee until mm. further notice. Mm-mm, I don't like this. I don't like this one bit. Not caffeine. Okay. I was going to say you're drinking I'm an oolong. I'm drinking an oolong tea from this brand called Cola. Okay. Based here in Los Angeles. Okay. It's delish and it's a fancy glass bottle. Love so that. What could go wrong? Looks cute. I just have been feeling... A little floaty. Okay. And dependent. Mm. And I feel like those two things don't go well together. Mm -hmm, I don't like that. They don't connect my brain to my soul in the way that I would like. Sure. And so I'm just kind of like... Giving Playing it a try with the no coffee thing. Okay, off the cough. Okay, we're off coffee. What are we on? How are we shifting focus? Well, you know, my new thing is I love my new thing is drinking water in the morning. But it's actually, <laughs> have you heard of it? We're I love how, like you the we, breaking health conscientious news. No, but you know what's so beautiful about that is like the more you like learn about and the more that you that you try, the less you actually right. w- need to do. Totally. So I love that well, hot tip. Well, water. as you know, I've like condensed my life, and yeah. I have rising springs, which I love. Me too. Love, love so much. I subscribe it's to that as well. Delivery box waters that taste so delicious, and I love how it tastes so much. I find myself just gravitating towards filling my water bottle. How many are you ordering? I order. I, right now, I'm only getting two a month, but I need four a month. I know. I was thinking I'm going to yeah. have to up my dosage. We have a promo code for you guys, by the way, TSR30, yeah. Yeah. if anyone wants it's it. The That's most, the promo code I use for it. It's the, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I texted Elizabeth. I'm like, what's our <laughs> promo code for this fucking water? It's amazing. And it's it's also yeah. really good for like your emergency supply mm-hmm. because it's it's stored in these boxes. So if you like need to put it – like I used to keep it under like a bench where I had like – my walkie-talkie radio and, you know, yeah. you know, end-of-world stuff. I wonder where my earthquake kit is, <laughs> speaking of which. But so I have 
literally a box of Rising Springs by my bed, and I fill up a glass of water every morning, and then I take ritual vitamins. Cute. What a cute ritual. As we, right? And as we we get asked so often, I know you and I are kind of like, everybody's different when it comes to supplements, but Mm -hmm. this is like a phenomenal across-the-board daily vitamin. So ritual is an essential multivitamin for women reimagined. For those of you who are wondering, they have uh, a full spectrum of vitamins from D3 to omega-3, and they taste delicious because inside the capsule is peppermint oil. So you, it's like a joyful experience to We've take these vitamins. We've talked about the minty burps before and some listeners have messaged us saying, loving the minty burps. Loving so, a minty burp. Get involved. And for all of us who I know are, you know, on the tip of, of reading the labels, all of Ritual's vitamins are vegan-friendly, sugar-free, non-GMO, gluten-free, and allergen-free. So and you can go on their website and they can they tell you exactly where each of the vitamins are sourced from. And if you have the MTHRF or FR, I forget which one it is, the one that I have that I never remember the order. You're like the spokesperson. I am. I'm like, listen, guys, it's not a big deal, but it is. <laughs> um, they have the their bees are fully methylated, so that's really important to to know. Yeah. So we are offering our listeners 10% off for your first three months because it works on a really beautiful subscription program that you'll get your 30-day supply and then they'll automatically resend you another I one. I love that it just shows up in my you house. You can stop it anytime. Yeah. So like don't be stressed. It's not one of those like sketchy online like we're bringing it to your house and then all of a sudden you can't stop it. It's very it's an ease-filled experience. <laughs> so if you visit ritual.com slash retrograde, you can start your ritual today. And you will get 10% off your first three months. That's amazing. I know. I honestly get involved. Minty Burp Squad. <laughs> Elizabeth just starts these fucking things. Like next thing you know, there's gonna be like a new a New Yorker article like titled <laughs> Minty Burp Squad. <laughs> I'm gonna have to deal with that shit. <laughs> Roping you in. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, listen, I'm so excited for you and your burps. Thanks. And for everyone else who's going to get to try Ritual, it's going to be so good for your life. And I'm also really excited for this episode today. Me too. Because we have been wanting to interview this person for quite a while. I met her way back when we were both taking yoga together. And I was always like, she's so cool. Who is she? had no idea that she was a comedian and a writer and then we kind of started running into each other and then she started like blowing the fuck up as a comedic personality, I would say. And we just love her. We have an amazing conversation with her as I sip my oolong tea. Okay. I really leaning into this. Prepare us all to get, I mean, we're getting like fertility tips, dating advice. Erin's my dating guru. Yeah. I didn't know that. All the the dating tea. Yeah. Tea, see what I did? Tea and tea? Get Elizabeth it? is giving up coffee and I'm leaning sorry. in way leaning too hard to like the borderline dad jokes. It's fine. <laughs> um, but also, what was revealed prior to the recording? What that she and I realized that we we're possibly Eskimo sisters, which is like a cute, mm. a cute mm. connection point hey, with anybody. If you haven't fucked the same guy as a cool girl in LA, <laughs> what are you even doing with your life? <laughs> we'll cut to it. <laughs> Yay, we're back. And today we have a great episode, or hopefully it will be. We don't know, we don't yet. know yet. This could go really off the rails. Who knows? We've yet to find out. We have a guest today who I actually met in yoga class. I, I couldn't remember actually how we met. Yeah, this is very retrograde. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're going to leave the full extent of that story behind us and talk yeah. about it off air. We Sorry, just, friends. We shared a glance. We, and we, <laughs> we know the story. Yeah. A captivating and worried glance. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was our first introduction. And then I think I ran into you a couple of times like in the comedy scene. Mm-hmm. And then... I thought for some reason that you were in a UCB like stand-up show I did, but I guess you weren't. No, I think that we saw each other like at the comedy store. Okay. After we had stopped practicing yoga together. Yes. <laughs> after the studio disappeared in a puff of smoke. Yep. Um, and uh, then you had a show that I thought was so fucking brilliant, Barely Famous. We Thank loved you. that show. I was show. obsessed. I was like, these people are doing something. Lord's work. Oh, just really? to be done. God's work? Yeah. yeah. Let me introduce Aaron Foster. Welcome Hi. to the show. Hi, guys. Do we get an applause? or? Yeah, we'll put it in post. Okay, I was hoping that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm doing it. <laughs> we used to have a sound machine, but I, it got lost in my shui fire. Lost in the shuffle. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much Thanks. for coming. I'm excited to be here. I have to say that... Um, prettier in person? Yes. yes. So when did you start? The show was on for how many seasons? Two seasons. Two seasons. So we fucking brilliant. I can't. It's devastating. It is, right? Yeah. I mean, it's confusing when you're in it because you think what you're doing is great. I mean, I guess that's kind of fair, actually, because sometimes you do things and you know it's not great. Yeah. But when we did Barely Famous, we kind of knew it was great, that we had stumbled upon something that was really special. Yeah. And that we, like, accidentally put this thing together that just worked. Yeah. And we didn't understand, like, how people were going to receive it. We had to, you know, when I sold Barely Famous with Sarah... I had been a staff writer on one show on NBC. A staff writer, for people who don't know, is the lowest person yeah. besides the assistant. Right, as assistant. And you barely get anything onto a script. Like one time I got one joke in a script and I like celebrated and got in trouble for it. So I was not <laughs> qualified to sell my own show. But then we went off and, and VH1 said, you know, we'll film exactly what you put in this pilot. And I think that they kind of thought that they might be able to get – um, like people to think it was a reality show, but we really wanted people to know that it was a comedy, that we scripted it and yeah. that we had a writer's room and that we everything was written and we we're comedians. We're not reality stars. That's a whole joke of the show. Totally. And we were always kind of battling this thing of being on a network that doesn't program comedy really and yeah. programs reality TV and that we fell into the category of unscripted and it was just not – the audience didn't really understand what it was until it was already off the air, kind of. And like it, most great things. Yeah. Like it had a nice essence of The Comeback, which is one of my favorite shows of all time. Me too. And so I was so appreciative of that. that and we really voice. borrowed from some of that stuff that we mm-hmm. really loved on The Comeback. We're devastated it wasn't on a network that was able to hold on to it longer and have a bigger audience that would have received it better. Yeah. Because. I mean, we haven't been able to recreate that magic together since then. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about your sister, Sarah. My sister, Sarah, yeah. And you guys started working together on that project never before? Never before. Wow. Wow. Mm -mm. What was – how did that come about? Well, I had sort of started cultivating a a comedic brand in myself and my work that was sort of new, which is – we had talked earlier about like – In my 20s, I was trying to be an actress, and I wasn't even trying to be a comedian. I mean, I really didn't know what I who I was or what I was doing. I was so scared of being this stereotypical actress in LA that was like vapid and had nothing to offer and was the same as the 20 girls standing next to me that I was taking myself very seriously and trying to get like dramatic roles and be edgy and complicated and deep. And not that I'm not those things, but 
I'm also light and happy and funny. And I just was didn't know how to be that way. I don't know. I thought I had to like be really serious. Well, it's funny you're saying that because I I can really relate like as as a comic. Like I used to always feel this sense of like weird guilt that like went because we're all messy and edgy and complicated and we're we've got a lot going on. And I would always get off stage and be like, why do I feel like I need to present like this small part of my so I kind of had like the opposite thing where I was like, there's so much more going on than what I'm like letting someone see for those whatever few mm-hmm. minutes. And I had this sense of internal disconnect around why do I feel like I need to let everyone know what I am all the time or like prove the complexity of myself? I can just like have fun and then know those truths about myself without having to like demonstrate them. Yeah, I think anything you're forcing in your 20s, your 20s are so weird. It's just a time to like be the worst version of yourself. Terrible. I would say they're terrible. It's just so (laughs) hard. Yeah. And so I didn't know at all who I was. And I was trying so hard, like you're saying, to prove one thing. Yeah. And I had no clue that my humor was actually the thing that would end up being an asset to me. I just didn't. It came out in different ways. It came out in a way that was like uncomfortable and awkward. And I would like blush and turn bright red if I said something that didn't land or I was always the person who was at a dinner party with my boyfriend and I would like say an uncomfortable joke and he'd be like why would you say that and I'm like I don't know why I said that I don't know I don't know (laughs) you're like there's a comedian raging inside of me and I need to let her out literally and I didn't know how to harness it so I was always like stop doing that Aaron stop doing that like be normal be regular don't have this dark voice in your head just like clean it up and I just couldn't clean it up and nothing was really working for me the being dramatic wasn't working. Like being a serious actress wasn't really working. And I just felt like I was failing and I couldn't figure out why. And it's because I wasn't being authentic. Mm-hmm. I really was just trying to be something that I wasn't. And so then I decided to like officially retire as an actress, which no one noticed. <laughs> I, I always say I'm retired from stand-up because it's good to retire before you've accomplished anything. <laughs> so true. You're like, I've retired. Everyone's like, no one knew you were here. Yeah, we did not know you. Not you. I mean, no, me. I feel that everyone's like, oh, you did? I thought I just saw you. I'm like, no, cool. Yeah, everyone was like, I didn't even know you were an actress, Erin. Yeah. Um, so then I got a job in retail, like working at uh, Free People, and it was – it was just kind of me like surrendering myself to the universe and saying like, okay, I'm 28, 27. I uh, feel like a loser. I've not figured life out at all. I'm going to start over. I'm just going to get a paycheck for the week so I can figure things out. And I then started a blog called totallyconfidentandcompletelyinsecure.com. It was my first foray into Amazing. trying to be a writer. That's perfect. Didn't know what it was supposed to be. Didn't have any format. Sometimes I would put like dialogue on there from like a a scene idea that I had. Sometimes I would write about like, I would like take Ambien and write weird stuff. I would like (laughs) write a letter to my future children, like things that I was scared. What if they are like a Republican? Um, I don't know. Like I just like put weird thoughts out there and I wasn't even really trying to be funny. And then it was like when you would post Facebook, you know, Erin posted a link that she wrote a blog post and then people would start reading it. And then I'd get messages of people saying it's good or I liked it or this moved me. And I was like, hmm, I feel like I'm getting more traction in this small space than I ever have being on a TV show. Right. And it grew. And then Hello Giggles came out, which is, um, you guys know, but like a, for other people, it's like a female, it was supposed to be a female sort of comedic space for women to write. And I wrote a single girl's guide and I would write every week about what I was dealing with as a person being single and dates I would go on rejection I would have. And it started to grow. And I was like, I have, this is my, my superpower is 
connecting with like every woman's story and my story feeling completely relevant to everyone else's. My perspective is the same as everyone else's perspective. I'm just saying it Mm -hmm. in a way that relates to you. And that was my like special sauce that Mm -hmm. I learned was being really vulnerable and honest and saying the things that embarrassed me. And all the things I tried to hide in my 20s, like I don't want you to know someone turned me down. I don't want you to know that I don't think I'm pretty. I don't want you to know that I feel threatened by that person. And instead, I would just completely lean into it. And then weirdly, I became more confident in the process. Like that's how it works. If of you course, just lean into it. Too. Yeah. So once you like hit your stride and you realize you're being honest and real – everything gets easier Mm because people like that. So then people ask for more. And so I was like, sorry, I got off track. But so I was like, I'm going to be a writer. I don't want to be an actress. I got a writing job. And then... And this was at age... So my first professional writing job was when I was turning 30. That's so so cool. Yeah, I had my 30th birthday like while I was in the writer's room. That's amazing. It was definitely a different age than I thought I would start something real but it's a good it's an important message I think that like you know they say that like every age is the oldest you've ever been so you always think you're so old yeah and even there it's so funny because I think some of the cliche things are really real and it's like you're so much younger than you think you are and there's also no rules that you can't start your career whenever you want to obviously given like circumstances change everything. If you're living paycheck to paycheck, you can't exactly quit and try to like run after your dream. But if you are in a position that, you know, where if you're a lawyer and you think secretly at night, I wish I was a sports commentator, Mm -hmm. then you should start figuring out a way to do that. Yeah. No matter what scale, if it's having a podcast about sports that makes you happy, like the truth is, is that like whoever you really are, you know who who that person is, and mm-hmm. it wants to come out. Yeah, and you have to find a way to let that person out. If you're not, if you're sitting behind a desk and you just are pissed off at your world, your life because you want to be famous, that's one thing. But if you have a passion in you, like something you have to say that you aren't saying, I really think that you need to find the the uh, path to get it out totally because like life is also we have this like false idea that like there's an age limit on things or that it's linear and the linear thing it's like not yeah. true at all also like not for nothing but no one i mean i personally don't really care what like a 21 year old's perspective on the world is agreed like you have no you have not really unless you've had like some sort of really crazy intense life experience you probably are better suited to like share your voice when you're a little bit mm-hmm. older like, I see people who start doing comedy when they're, like, 40, and then they, like, skyrocket because they – like, look at fucking Roseanne. It's, like – Yeah. I mean, she's a bad example because she's <laughs> totally fucking crazy now. But I love her because she has my same birthday. She's canceled. <laughs> she so. is. But, you, but as just an example of someone who, like, had a whole fucking life and had so much to talk about, and people were like, oh, my God, this housewife has never – this has never been heard before. Had she been, like, 20, people would and be no like, shut up. No one cares what happened before if you're good at something. I have a little so sister true. who she, like, lived in Switzerland after college, and she worked for, like, an industrial industrial battery company or something really weird. It was like the only job she could get out of college. Yeah. And she was like, what am I doing? I, I genuinely don't know what I like. I don't know what I want to do. I, I'm so scared. I'm in my late 20s. And she quit working and she was like 28, 29. She was like, I'm going to be honest. If I'm really honest with myself, I really want to be a stylist. And that's embarrassing because I'm like almost 30. And right. I was like, go be a fucking stylist. Yeah. And now she's like a really successful celebrity stylist. And she started when she was 29 or whatever it was. And no one gives a shit about yeah. working for a 
industrial battery company when she was 26. No one cares. She's good at it now. Also, what's an industrial battery <laughs> I really company? don't think even she could tell you. <laughs> so weird. I don't know, but you can t- always change lanes if yeah. you have the access points to do it and the ability to. I don't think you should not do it just because you think it's embarrassing to say, I secretly want to be whatever it is. I mean, I want to be a rock star, so is it too late for that? No. I no. play no instruments. I think it should be a musical podcast. <laughs> I think it is a great pivot for you. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> I only know scales in the tone of church. It's so funny because, like, my dad is a musician. Yeah. And he has, like, a genetic, like, brilliance that I don't possess. <laughs> it's like perfect pitch. It's like there are things that come with being musical that are very specific. Yeah. And when I was like 11 or 12, I took piano lessons because he plays piano very well. And yeah. I was like, maybe some magic's going to like come through my hands and like I'll be genius too. And I was trying really hard. I didn't really like it, but I was like telling myself I did. And then my dad came to my first piano recital and I didn't like mess up or anything. And he came up to me and he was like, you don't have it. So <laughs> you should go do something that you really care and love, you know, care about and love because you're just trying to do my thing, but I don't need you to do my thing. You don't need to be a good piano player for me to love you. Just go do like your thing. That's so sweet. It was like, people think it's a mean story, yeah. but it's actually freedom. Yeah. Totally. So I think there's a beautiful thing of, of the parent giving you freedom to be like, it's okay. Yeah. If you're just... living to please someone else, whether it's a boyfriend, a friend, a girlfriend, a parent. I just don't think you're going to find the thing you love that way. Let's take a moment from pause, 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 pause. this guru-esque advice we are getting mm. from our dear guest today, Aaron Foster, and uh, get uh, some other advice in the realm of investing. Oh, have you guys heard of Robinhood? I don't have that advice. You don't have that advice, but Robinhood has that advice. They do. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. Feel free to Google all that information. Y'all know what that is? While other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, Robinhood doesn't charge any commission fees, so you can trade stocks and keep all your profits. It's like a fun game, but in the real world. Yeah, plus there is no account minimum deposit needed to get started, so you can start investing at any level. The simple, intuitive design of Robinhood makes investing easy for newcomers and experts alike. View easy-to-understand charts and market data and place a trade in just four taps on your smartphone. You can also view stock collections such as 100 Most Popular. Ooh, with Robinhood, you can learn how to invest in the market as you build your portfolio, discover new stocks, track your favorite companies, and get custom notifications for price movements so you never miss the right moment to invest. Let's infuse our conscious consumption with some investing as well, shall we, Elizabeth? Amen. I'm so here for that. Robinhood is giving listeners of That's So Retrograde a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help you build your portfolio. I know all three of those. Oh, wow. fun. I love all those things. So sign up at retrograde.robinhood.com. Again, that's retrograde.robinhood.com and start investing. Free stock, baby. <laughs> then you ended up getting into a relationship. I did, yeah. I have a really, really great boyfriend now. And Mazel. like the first time I can say that. Thank you. We met in real life. Okay. IRL. Ideal. Mm-hmm. We met at the gym. It's really embarrassing. No, that's cheesy. great. I love it. 
Um, yeah, we work out at a really, really small gym. It's like this small private trainer gym where everyone's with a trainer. So you don't like converse with each other really, Mm -hmm. but it's tiny and we were on the same schedule. So we'd see each other every morning at 8am and like, I don't know. I started being like, what is this guy's deal? He's like not flirting with me and he's cute and he's doing a lot of pull-ups and I like (laughs) the way it looks. And I was like curious about him. So I did the thing that I do best, which is you know, be crazy and go find his trainer on Instagram and then find out who that person follows named (laughs) Simon and then find the Simon that I recognize in the picture (laughs) and then see that he's private and I can't access his page and request him. Yes, bold. Yeah. This Beautiful. is great because the 90s book wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't suggest wouldn't this. Wouldn't tap into this. I'm reading this 90s dating book called Getting to I Do. Okay. <laughs> okay, the title is like really prob- I've re- problematic. I remember hearing about this book. But I'm obsessed with it because it's like um, just deals with like masculine and feminine energies and like it's mm-hmm. something that I just need to like, not that I need to like be stringent about it all the time, but just to explore the idea of like letting myself be approached. I've talked about this now for like five episodes. No, it's okay. I it's, a, it's a worthy deep dive. Yeah. I, listen, I am not a perfect modern feminist. I like my dinner to be paid for. Yeah. I like my door to be open. Same. And I like to be asked out. So I am not trying to be the aggressor. And it's not, I don't think that you should do if it doesn't feel natural to you, right? right? If it does and that that is your sweet spot, it's all back to like being authentic to who you are. I used to wish I was the girl that would just like walk up and sit on the guy's lap and be comfortable and like giggle and party and have fun and like that's just not who I am. I'm mm-hmm. more awkward or self-conscious. You have to do what your language is, right, yeah. with men. So if you are not naturally the aggressor and it just feels kind of desperate to you, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. And I was – what I was willing to do in my with Simon was like I just like dropped a pin of interest mm-hmm. and was like, hey, I'm here. Let me know what you want to do about it. Yeah. Mm. And then he got that message and then he took over. What was your first DM? You requested what? him or did you DM him? Okay. It gets scarier on my part. I requested <laughs> By the way, him. it doesn't sound scary at all. So okay, far, it sounds great. totally normal and modern. Great. I requested him. You weren't like, I drove by his house and waited outside. I threw a rock through his window and I said, come out fucking side right I'm now. I'm here. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> I, I requested him. He waited two days to accept me. Oh, and ooh, looking rude. back, he's admitted that that was intentional. <gasps> and then he Savage. did something crazy, which was let me in to the Instagram, but then nothing. No communicate. No like, hey – Hi, follow you back. I saw you. Didn't follow you back? Just let me in. (gasps) And I looked at what I saw and I was looking for red flags. Uh And I saw like niece and nephews and like basketball games. I was like, I like what I see. I don't see any One Oak pictures. (laughs) I don't see trash horrors Mm -hmm. with you anywhere. Um, I looked at his tagged photos. Nothing tagged meaning he doesn't let people tag him. Interesting. So there I were one oak photos, but he hid them, <gasps> which was smart on his part. Genius. Because he knew to put his best foot forward. For and those then, of you that don't know, one oak is a club in LA and it's... A situation. Everyone's has their vagina outside <laughs> of their dress. It's just not what you want to see in a guy's Instagram when you're no. in your 30s. No. Yeah. And so I was still growing restless from not getting attention back from him. Mm-hmm. And so I was filming myself exercising and he was making fun of me for it at the gym and I posted the video of myself because it was flattering and I <laughs> uh, tagged him in it and then he then he had to respond because he was right. like I have like 300 friend requests from you and I you tagged me in this thing and I was like yeah hi pay attention to me yeah and so then he took over and then he asked me 
after the gym to like go to, is very California, like go get juice after the gym. Yes. But we had a really important conversation when we had juice that was really, so when I, I'm 36. I won't ask you guys how old you are. We're 33. Okay, great. When I turned 35, something really weird happened. There's like an energy shift because you're not in your early 30s anymore. Right. You are in your mid 30s. Mm -hmm. And it sounds different out loud Mm -hmm. to guys. It feels scary. Okay. And it's, there's something at like 36, you're a high risk pregnancy. Like you start to feel geriatric and yeah. like something like happens where you think you're 26. Right. But you say the, the the age out loud and it just sounds scary to everyone. And guys probably think like, oh, she probably wants to get pregnant like immediately. Exactly. Yeah. And I think it's, I really understand why women freak out, mm. but I I was like, I do not want to be the girl, the woman who is 35 and like freaking out. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to like desperately try to get married. I'm not going to try to settle down. I'm going to date whoever I want, whether they are inappropriate to marry or appropriate to marry. I'm going to just date a person I enjoy or that I like. I'm just going to go with my gut and I'm going to have really good boundaries. And if I stop liking someone, I'm going to stop seeing them. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to like panic and try to force this thing to happen because I just think that's really unattractive and I don't want to appear unattractive. Right. And I like that it wasn't for like your own internal no. sense of self. It was like, just like it's not a good vibe. It was a vanity thing. <laughs> it was more like what's this narrative? I don't like the narrative of me freaking out. I like the narrative of me being in control. Totally. Mm-hmm. So when I, Simon and I talked, he's two years younger than me, and he was kind of like, "I'm not really in the place where I want to settle down. I'm not really ready for that." And I was like, "Cool. I'm just I'm just having fun. I'm just like living my life. I'm not like paying attention. I'm focused on work, and I'm not like trying to get married." And that took a lot of pressure off the situation because he expected me to say you know, I need this in the next year. Mm-hmm. And I didn't. And so we were able to kind of just fall in love with each other accidentally. It wasn't like, oh, I'm on the clock and I have to be exactly where she's at today. Right. And it just kind of made it easier for him to get to that place really easily because he did it on his own. Right. I wasn't forcing it. <sighs> That's great. That's really wonderful. But it has to be real. Yeah. When you meet a guy and he says, I don't want to settle down. And you think you say out loud, like, Oh my God, totally me too. And you think in your head, I'm going to fucking change your mind. Yeah. And it's not authentic, right? You just, you have an agenda and you like do all the crazy things that you do. You try to make him jealous and you try to let him know you're seeing other people so that he feels like he's got to lock you down. And you try to let him know that other people want you and you post cryptic Instagrams and I think it doesn't work because anyone can feel when something is just not genuine. Mm -hmm. You feel like, oh, this girl wants my attention. Yeah. You just feel it. And you're not in the book. (laughs) It talks about- According to Dr. According to Dr. Patricia Allen. Yes. um, And this is something that I've done in my past, which is like, I am afraid to say how I feel about things because I'm afraid that like um, someone's going to, a man especially is going to receive that and then like be like, oh, that's just way too much for me. Mm-hmm. And but, she, but what she says is that like actually men like really need to know how you feel. And if you mm-hmm. try to like veil that, then that's going to like push them further because they actually are receptive to our feelings. They're less receptive to our thoughts. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like I've always done the opposite because I'm afraid that like I have so many feelings that they'll be like, ah, but they're like, they can process that from a woman. They can't process you being like bullish with the way that you think about things. I agree with that. I also think men really don't do well with passive aggressive. And mm-hmm. when you want to get your point across, but you're scared to be too much, yeah. you get passive aggressive. hundred percent. I do it all the time. Yeah. And instead of saying like, I-, I need you to start like 
telling me what our plan is because I can't hang out with you at 11 o'clock at night. I just can't do it. It feels shitty to me. Yeah. Instead of saying that, which is direct, and yeah. you probably appreciate, instead you're like, well, what's your deal later? Because I don't actually know what my deal is. And like, I don't know, like I'm going to be <laughs> tired tomorrow. So, and you just like walk around it and guys are like, what are you doing? Like you're playing my mental warfare and I'm confused. I'm like, what, yeah. are you, what, what are you mad at? I can't figure out what you're pissed about. The truth is, is if you say to a guy like, listen, here's where I'm at. Here's what I'm bringing to the table. I fully understand that like that might, that might be too much for you. But mm-hmm. like this is my situation. You can show up or not. And I won't hold it against you, but yeah. I'm going to be really honest with what I'm bringing to the table. And when I met Simon, I was like, listen, I'm 35, I was 35 at the time, 35, and I can't change that. So I am on a – I eventually told him the clock stuff, you know, because mm-hmm. like I had to be honest at some point. And I was like – it's not like I'm choosing this. If I had another 10 years to figure it out, I would take the 10 years. Yeah. But I'm in the situation I'm in and I have to take that with me wherever I go with or without you. Mm -hmm. So you can be a part of it, which I would love. But if it's too much for you, that's fine too. It's not something I'm choosing. I'm not like trying to put pressure on the relationship. This is just physically where I'm at. Yeah. I have a finite amount of time to start a family. If that's something you want, like you have to kind of be on my schedule. Yeah. And I have to be on my schedule. And how did he respond to that? I think that it took a minute because I think it's just the whole concept of all that is scary for a while. But we just communicate really well and we talk it out. And like you have to also let someone say they're scared of something Mm -hmm. and not freak out. So if my boyfriend says like, I'm scared right now, this feels like a lot. You're, you don't go like, fuck you. This is not, you're insensitive. You're like, okay, I get it. I'm scared too. Yeah. It's just, I think, I don't know what I've learned by going to therapy is what I like about therapy is things that you think are like doomsday level, they always hear it and they're like, okay, so let's work through it. Right. Nothing's like black or white. Right. Everything's workable. What are your thoughts on moving in with each other? We talk about it and we both have places we love and we, Simon's more traditional than I am. I come from a really unconventional family and he has like a traditional background. So he kind of like wants to do things in the natural, like the proper order. Whereas for me, I could do any, do it all out of order. I kind of live at his place, mm-hmm. but like with my clothes on a chair and I'd like them to be in a closet. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so he's like, you should move in here. And I'm like, well, let's just get a place together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a, the imbalance of like coming into one of their spaces. Interesting. Yeah. Too. I think it's good to start a space together for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. What? I mean, me too. But You're going to. I know. So with my apartment, my boyfriend and I were talking about, we've been together like three and a half years. And for so long, I was like, I like having the choice in the relationship if we're going to hang out. Like, I don't want it to just be like, I'm going to see you later. And it's a given. Like, I want to choose. And mm. then I like really moved through that. And I was like, no, I like, I'm very much over being like, so what are your plans tonight? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want to hang out at some, like, are you going to be on this side of the town? Like, what are we going to do? And then I – so that was, like, that phase was over with. And I felt really good about, like, honoring the phases. Because when you're with someone who you're, like, I'm excited about building a life with you, I don't ever feel, like, rushed. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to, like, feel out each phase. I was very adamant about that. And then I got – I was marinating about wanting to live together and was, like, having this whole conversation in my head. And one day I was just like, so I think we should move in with each other in, like, four months. And he, like – I'd been having this dialogue in my head and he was like, what? What?" And it was so terrifying. It was so scary. And I felt so uncomfortable and vulnerable Mm -hmm. having just, because I was like, oh, I was dialoguing about this for like a week and a half. Mm -hmm. And then I finally just added some, like saying it out loud. 
And um, so we were planning on doing that, and then all of this stuff happened with my house. So now we're just, like, living in a house with um, – I live with three boys now mm. and sharing a room. And it's actually kind of fantastic in that I've let go of, like, all my things. Mm-hmm. And I'm such, like, an aesthetic person, and I'm such a, like, home Taurus. Like, I love – just my space and like my candles and my flowers and all of that and like all of that's gone and I'm feeling so good. Mm-hmm. That's been so interesting. So it might just kind of force the thing, force the process of moving in together the mold. Yeah. Well, exactly. so you obviously, thank the mold. Thank you obviously the mold. planted the mold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really went above and beyond. I really, I really did. I think when you explain something to a person, to of your partner, which is instead of it's like, I want to move in together and it's fucked up that we haven't moved in together yet and I'm pissed and I'm like this. Instead, if you're like, listen, I'm 30 whatever years old. I live on a side chair next to your bed. I don't have my workout shoes when I need them. I have stuff all over my car. I lose things every day. I feel like I have to wait for you to come home for me to go over there. I'm like, I just want to be able to settle in yeah. to a life. Like these are the th- this is what it means to me. This is what I need. This is what I want. Like how does that make you feel? And like what what do you want? Yeah. A lot of guys, not to generalize, they get a little complacent. They're comfortable. They don't like, you know, Simon will be like, "Well, you can just move in here." And I'm like, "There's no room for me here." And right. and I don't like to take elevators. We don't have to go into that, but <laughs> he lives in an elevator building. I'm like, this isn't the ideal situation for me. Yeah. So we got to do something that works for both of us. Totally. But I think when you communicate properly, people just hear you as opposed to like yelling at them or getting mad about everything. Just say how you feel. Yeah. Dr. Patricia Allen would approve. <laughs> Did she say that? Yeah. <laughs> Women have to say how they feel. Men have to say what they think. Oh, that's smart. I like yeah, that. It's really good. Um, so wait, let's let's pivot because I want to hear about some things you're doing in the world of wellness and mm-hmm. self-care. Mm-hmm. We've got therapy under the belt, which is great. Yes, therapy. I'm a big fan of. Yeah. I think therapy is so great at just helping you understand why you do the things you do. And when you understand them, you can kind of stop doing them. I well, mean... Yeah, you hear yourself. Yeah. When I started seeing my therapist like four and a half years ago, she said, why do you want to go to therapy? And I was like, I literally don't feel capable of being in a relationship. I do not know how to do it. A second date makes me break out in hives because now you're in a pattern with someone and you would have Mm. to technically break up with them if you don't want to see them a third time. And I just can't handle the concept of it. And I'm so set in my ways. Like I can't imagine not having coffee in the morning by myself. I can't imagine someone being there for that. Like I just don't know how to do it. Interesting. And she fully like got me comfortable with the concept and like understanding how to get to a point where I could be in a healthy relationship. That's awesome. Yeah. What um, else do you do while we're here? Wellness-wise, we're always looking for a different word for it. We just feel like it's such a... Self-care. 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 Alignment. It's so funny. In LA, I noticed that my girlfriends and I, uh, all anyone's talking about is the best laser to get, body worker, hairdresser, therapist. (laughs) Yeah facial injectioner, whatever like the <laughs> thing is to better yourself inside or out. I feel like it's a rampant conversation. Um, Which is, I, I think, great. Yeah, I think that like I am very I am very skeptical and critical of Western medicine. It doesn't mean I don't believe in it or find a deep need for it, but I think that if you have any kind of body or mental like ailment, that Western medicine's instinct is going to say like, oh, you have this problem. Here's something you can do to cover it up. Mm -hmm. And my instinct is always, but why am I having that problem? Like if I'm getting strep throat four times a year and someone says, take your tonsils out, 
I'm like, but your tonsils are alarm bells. That's like what they're there for. They catch infection. So if the alarm bells are going off all the time, shouldn't I figure out why that's happening? Not mm-hmm. like take away the alarm bells. Right. That doesn't make sense to me. Like take the battery out of the smoke detector. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because the fire will still kill you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I always try to find like a, to look backwards and track like why, how did I get here and why am I, why is that happening? And if you get rid of your tonsils, then the infection probably just goes to your lungs and now you have pneumonia. And mm-hmm. I don't think I want that when I'm 85. So yeah, I think it's really important to like take care of yourself in a holistic way. And it doesn't mean like weird voodoo holistic, just like as a whole. Yeah. So like I go to acupuncture and I drink this gross tea every day that she gives me and she's like fully changed a lot of my health issues and like changed my levels and my blood work that are bad and made me like a healthier person and so I believe in it. Yeah. You said you were doing acupuncture for fertility? Yeah. I have like really low egg count for my age and really high FSH and FSH is like a really important number in fertility. It kind of directly links back to your um, egg quality or your egg reserve. Okay. So if the number is high, it's bad. Okay. Um, I won't get into like, it makes me sound like I'm like a doctor, but basically it's a, like the follicle stimulating hormone and every woman has a hormone in their brain that you emit to get your body to ovulate. And so if the number's really high, it means your body's working really hard to get a good egg. Okay. And that's like a bad sign. And so my doctors kept saying, like, just keep freezing your eggs and, like, keep getting them out. And then I went to acupuncture and she said, you really shouldn't be freezing your eggs with an FSH this high. I'm going to lower it. I was like, I didn't know you could lower it. Mm -hmm. She said, well, I'm going to. Give me three months. So I went and got on her program, saw her once a week, drink this Chinese tea every day, go on supplements like prenatals and fish oils and vitamin D and this thing called CoQ10. And three months later, I got my blood checked and she dropped it by nine points, which is like wow. a lot. And what's the That's test incredible. you got? You went through your OBGYN? To, no, to your OBGYN can't really do um, fertility testing. I okay. mean, they could probably do the blood test for FSH, mm-hmm. but like a fertility doctor is going to help you understand it more. It's Finding out where your fertility is at initially is simple, but then if you're going to go through the process of like freezing and stuff, it gets complicated, but you do have to go to a fertility specialist. Cool. It's weird. Like we're 33, mm-hmm. but I don't, maybe it's because I'm single or maybe it's because my mom had me when she was so much older and her too. Like, I don't think about it, but it's like my cousin who's my same age just got her eggs frozen too. And I'm like, shit, like, is this something that I need to be like conversating with my body about? I think you should be. And my best advice is that it doesn't really help to look at your fertility once you have fertility issues. Right. I mean, it helps, but it might be too late. And I do have friends that waited until they were 39 to look at it Mm -hmm. and they didn't have eggs left or they didn't have any good ones left. Fuck. So I think that you should do it before you have a problem. That's what I did. I went on my 34th birthday the first time to check and I learned that I had issues Mm -hmm. and those issues were potentially solvable at 34, but they would not have been at necessarily 39. So I think it should be preventative. Like you should go get your eggs taken. I mean, it's expensive, it's complicated, but like you should look at it and know what you have and what you have going on when you're young, because then let's say you got 20 eggs that you get put on ice at 33. Those are all pretty, probably pretty good eggs. Yeah. If you want to have a kid at 42, you now have an option. But if you look at them at 42, you might not have an option. Right. 
So, because once the eggs are gone or bad, there's really nothing you can do. Yeah. So I just think you should never wait until that. You you spoiled milk in my ovaries. Exactly. (laughs) Doesn't help anybody. Yeah. No, that's a really really good point. Yeah. Preventative medicine as opposed to alternative healing. Exactly. That's the 2019 wellness truth. Yeah. So true. It's yeah. It's scary if you go check and the problem's too far gone. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. And then you're just looking back at your life like, why wouldn't I? Yeah, so it's like just sitting there like a loser at 34, just chilling and not just hanging like, out like with perfect eggs that I yeah. could have put on ice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or I could have gotten pregnant by that yeah. one person. That I don't recommend. (laughs) (laughs) The one person who wasn't going to show up for me would have been a great father to my future child. (laughs) I'm working it out. I'm reading the book. We're going to be okay. (laughs) So good. (laughs) No, I really do think that like you want to get married and have kids. Yeah. And you have a boyfriend, so you're already on on track. You want at least one child. Yeah. I think that the best way to align yourself to meet the right person is to always be working on yourself and Mm -hmm. like be really accountable and look at your past relationships and like I looked at my past relationships and I thought well these people were all horrible people like these I'm looking these are sociopaths and psychos and liars and cheaters and like they're all just bad people and none of it was my fault Mm -hmm. but like I picked all those people. Totally. I'm the only thing they have in common. Yeah. So what's my part in that? I wanted to be with someone who was dysfunctional. Like that was fully on me. Mm-hmm. Those people can walk past you in a room, but you grab them and you're like, put that shit in my life. Mm-hmm. I want that. I want you to fuck my life up. Yeah. And like I had to learn how to stop doing that to find someone. Yeah. And you did it. I did. That's great. I finally did it. You're a beacon of light, Aaron. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the light at the end of the tunnel. Really you are. Fuck it up. <laughs> Tell our listeners where they could uh, find you. I guess on that thing that I'm always on, Instagram. Yeah. Cool. It's at Aaron Foster. It's really easy. Okay. Don't follow Sarah, though. She already has more followers than me. <laughs> I'm sad we didn't get to talk about your sister relationship, but that's okay. It's true. You should have her on. She's a great guest. <laughs> okay. Oh, what a sweet, supportive sister. Yeah. But don't follow her on Instagram. Definitely not. <laughs> All right. Bye. Thanks, bye. guys. Hey, it's time for Roses and Thorns, and it's brought to you today in part by our friends at where? Thrive Market. Helping us thrive since about, like, 2015. <laughs> or so, or, ish, I like that. That's a good slogan for them. They should they should pick that up. <laughs> you know me. I'm just here. You are. You're here for the taglines, girl. That's your specialty. So Thrive Market, gosh, if you guys have been listening to this show for any amount of time, you know our adoration for this website. Next Slash level. app. Slash convenience distributor. And if you don't know what it is, let me give you the quick rundown, guys. Please, please, please. Thrive Market is a revolutionary online marketplace. They're not fucking around when they say that. (laughs) And they are on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. You can shop for thousands of best-selling non-GMO foods and natural products always at 25 to 50% below the... Below? Below. Below. 25 to 50% below traditional retail prices. It's so dope. You can filter the offerings that you... Search by your values and dietary preferences, whether you are paleo, gluten-free, vegan, kosher, ketogenic, whatever, kosher, whatever. Okay, double (laughs) kosher, (laughs) pushing the agenda. (laughs) And you can filter your options by your values or dietary preferences. I also really appreciate the savings and you know you're saving because they they show you like what the list price is versus like what you're getting. Yeah. But then they also track your projected annual savings and lifetime savings. Okay. Guess what my annual or my lifetime savings is so far? 
$1,038. $1,580.82. My projected annual savings this year is $466. That's great. Buy yourself something nice, mm. okay? I think I need a toxic facial. <laughs> <laughs> Just got one. Oh, shit. Um, but anyways, it's no secret how much we adore this website. So yeah. if you guys want to get involved and uh, check it out for yourselves, if you head over to thrivemarket.com slash retrograde, you'll get 25% off your first order and a free 30-day trial. That's thrivemarket.com slash retrograde. Guys, go check it out. Live your best life. Roses Okay, on the rose tip, also slightly adjacent to the Thrive Market kitchen uh, acquisition tip. Okay, kitchen acquisition is a cool... Things you acquire for your kitchen. I love it. I feel like the spicy cashew cheese from Trader Joe's discovery of early 2019 really, you know, hit hard with our audience. <laughs> it and resonated. It really, like I've never seen us get more posts about anything <laughs> than people tagging us in their vegan spicy cashew cheese Trader Joe's finds. That just speaks to the power of cheese and how much dairy-free dairy <laughs> alternative. Speaking to the power of dairy-free options. So I just want to say honor that. I see you. It warms my heart. Uh-huh. And I will say two things that I have found to do with said spicy dairy-free cashew dip okay. that isn't just your run-of-the-mill dipping mm-hmm. is – um, I've been dicing, cubing rather, Japanese sweet potatoes, roasting them okay. with a little Chosen Foods uh, avocado oil, salt, and pepper, mm-hmm. and then dicing up a bunch of fresh herbs, mixing that in right when it's out of the oven, and then when it's like still piping hot out of the oven, add the cheese, mm. mix it around. Mm. It's like a potatoes bravas mm. like Did explosion. you get inspired from Cliff's Edge? I had done that before it. Actually, but I was like, oh, it's the same. Yeah, papas bravas. It's the perfect thing. And then also, um, I always get Sybils, or Sybils, I guess is how you say it, uh, grain-free pasta from Thrive Market that infuses vegetables. It's not just like straight lentils. You have like beets and kale and all that like within, all incorporated in the pasta as well. So I feel like I'm like one of those kids who's like getting in extra veggies. But um, that with the Thrive Market, marinara sauce and then throw in the cashew dip to the marinara Mm -hmm. sauce then you've got like a non-dairy creamy like vodka sauce almost Mm, yes girl and it's just like really I'm just proud Uh, I just feel like I'm so lucky that you're my friend and you can cook for me whenever (laughs) I want (laughs) so good so I just wanted to shout that out and then you know for all of you like constantly on the lookout for something in those TJ's aisles might I direct your attention to the dark chocolate almond butter cups that have just oh. been added? Bye. Put those in the freezer. See you all later. Wow. She's really living her best fucking <laughs> life over here, guys. I didn't realize. Hi. Oh, something that I like from Thrive on the Chocolate Tip is Who Kitchen chocolate bars, the hazelnut butter. Oh, yeah. And also the cashew butter. Yeah. Mm, oh, my God. So good. So good. What's my rose, you ask? Hey, Steph, what's your rose? <laughs> Um, guys, I feel like we just, it's like my duty now to update you on like the dating trajectory because I get so many incredible supportive DMs from everyone talking about like their own struggles, supporting my journey into the book. By the way, I've like kind of taken a pause, took it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've taken a pause in the book because the the last chapter is the imperfect phase, three to six months into a relationship. And 
being that um, I'm not there, <laughs> I'm kind of like, all right, You're I can like, just put that down for holder. now. Yeah, I'll be like, be- revisit you in, <laughs> in, I don't know how much time. Soon. But yeah. Re- <laughs> I'm like in the corner, like, it's it's around the corner. I've been you know, saying that for three years. You know that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know that um, that uh, Regina Spector song where she's like, all my friends will say I'm better off mm-hmm. in the song Fidelity. That's you to me. Where it's like, it's good. You're good. You're better off. And I'm just but like, you are and it's I? true. I don't know. Um, but okay, guys, it's fine because I finally had sex and that's all I really needed it as it turns out for now. Yes, I agree. That will help a girl. You know, I've like on more than one occasion praised like prayed to the gods. Gotten on her goddamn knees, <laughs> praying that I would get on my knees very, like, do very a manifestation soon. list. Please let Stephanie feel the touch of a man because I can't handle the stress. The energy <laughs> or that our I energy. needed to release is like beyond measure. And I can tell and I'm so grateful. So thank you to that guy. But here's the thing. I'm like, when's too soon to do it again? And how do I mitigate uh, that? Like, I'm still in that moment of like, okay, let's honor what she says in the book if we're on that tip. What does she say in the book? That like, it's really hard for a woman to have casual sex. And that when she does it, she really needs to like engage with her truth, knowing that she'll like biologically release attachment hormones Mm -hmm. and like being okay with that and like letting there be space between the person that you're doing them with if you know that they're potentially not someone that you would date. And I don't know if that's true or not for me in terms of like the dating thing, but like definitely not in this moment. So it's like I'm just now in the new moment of like, okay, we had sex. Now I want to do it again. But also like you're not my boyfriend. So like let's just – because it's true. Like in my 20s, I would try to like reject the attachment hormone. Right. And like work against it and and be like, I'm cool. Like I don't care. But also because of that, as a bystander to that, I would always see guys like were so sticky to you. They were. And, and now I never they're had not. That problem. <laughs> <laughs> they used to stick to me because I didn't care, and now I care. And they're like, "I gotta go," and I'm like, "Fuck, what?" It's so fucked up. But um, I think I can manage it because um, the dick is worth the squeeze. What does that mean? <laughs> you know the the expression like, "Is the juice worth the squeeze?" What is that expression? I don't know that expression. Wait, I'm, I'm like, I'm like Wait, nodding my head. I'm like, uh huh. Wait, yeah, is the juice worth the squeeze? It's a, it's like an adage. Right, like because the squeeze takes effort. Right, exactly. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. See, we're a, we're a wellness podcast talking about juice, everybody. Yes, yeah, but really the juice has come. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if my – guys, if my foibles are not for this podcast, what are they for? What is the point? They're for here. This is the safe space where I let you and 30,000 strangers know that <laughs> I got fucked and I'm happy about it. Amen. Anyways, um, uh, my, so. that's my rose. My thorn, um, I don't know that I really have one right now. It's a new season. I think we go spring roses are yeah. in bloom. Right now it's also a full moon and this will be coming out in like the day after the full moon. So make your set your intentions. Um, rise up in Libra, guys. We're ahead in Aries season. It's gonna be, I feel like, a cool, fiery month of feels nice. April. Yeah, I'm, I'm stoked about it. It feels really good. Yeah. Winter was a little rough, and like the Pisces season was so deep and dark and emotional, and the retrograde. I mean, we really kind of had to go through some shit, and now yeah. it's like forward momentum, mm-hmm. and I feel that so fully. Um, we had a really great question from a listener. Okay, so we dab into an Ask Falcon. Okay. Hi, I'm Falcon. <laughs> um, she says 
She says, so I've been living in Vienna the last two years Ooh. and planned on staying at least one more, but then met with a spiritual guide, as one does. Mm -hmm. And when I was home for the holidays, who used her pendulum, and according to that, I'm supposed to move to California. Okay. I've considered LA or San Francisco in the back of my mind a lot in the last year because of how available so many things are, but I'm still scared and excited about if I do make the move. Anyway, wondering advice you girls have about moving to LA and anything you think may be relevant or important. Here's my number one thing. Okay. When it comes <clears throat> this is a lady to a life well lived in, in Los Angeles. Tell us. A manageable commute. That is like the first and foremost That's good advice. thing because if you're, I mean, I I don't know if this uh, listener works for herself or whatever the case may be, but the schlepping is no joke. Like the energy of the traffic here is requires like personal management. I think right, and that is a big deal to to spend the majority of your time in the car. So I would say first and foremost, like live somewhat nearby where you work or have somewhat of a, a plan in place when it comes to like getting to and fro. That's really good advice. I think that if it's in your heart to move, then you should first visit. 100%. Um, and stay for like a week or two and see how you feel. My other question would be, do you know anyone in either of those places? Um, if the answer is yes, obviously reach out to them. If the answer is no, that's cool. But I would like ground yourself in like a regular something like I remember when I first moved here and I read like I had to move to LA book it was like <laughs> make sure you go to the same coffee shop every day so you like get consistency yeah. in your life oh that's a good one yeah that's and so good. stuff like that people. yeah just get to know the people at your UPS box like me yeah whatever it is <laughs> my but, guys but also like if it's in your heart and you have that curiosity like don't let the fear outweigh totally that itch that you have because there's a reason why it's calling to you and I think Go for it, girl. And I think if there's one thing personally that I've learned was that to me moving seemed like such a task. Mm -hmm. And obviously I wasn't moving to a new city, but it's totally doable. And so you can do it and try it out. And the worst case scenario is that it didn't work out. Yeah. And then you can know that you tried it and you listened to your heart at the time and moved on. And to that thing about if you have friends in the city or not, like certainly connect with them. I think that's huge. And also – do a really um, specific energy rate of how you feel around them. Not that they are going to be the people you like are hanging out with all the time, but I think that if you're feeling like – I think you can use that as a definer. Right. Of just like, do I like these people? Do you think – could you make connections through them? Like that is, is also, always Also, I would a, ask her what her job is. Mm -hmm. And that would also um, dictate – We have follow-up questions, yeah, but Yeah, that would dictate some more things too. Don't make sure you're not in your car too long and listen to your heart. Listen to your heart um, when it's calling for you. Since we what, did a little bit of a deep dive on um, the television of things with Aaron, I do want to shout out Shrill, Shrill on Hulu. So good. So good. And I know one of our listeners helped make that happen. So, um, so good. really, really great job. Yeah. Anyway, um, what a great show. Great show. Things are great. Things Just are great. Oh, my other rose is that I had a little bit of like um, a tough emotional weekend preparing for this big week ahead that I have, guys. Just a business endeavor that I'm going into. And I decided to leave LA, just take a drive up the coast with three of my bestest friends. And it was oh, who? Elizabeth was there, <laughs> Chelsea was there, Emily was there. And it was just like so 
magical and necessary and I like followed the call of my spirit to be like I just have to like get out of here for a second to clear my head and I'm just so grateful that you guys came with and I felt so revived and renewed after that so yeah, it was so special I guess friendship is my rose friendship is the forever rose yeah. there's something about being with friends that you can be as quiet with them as you are with yourself alone together yeah it really was so special mm-hmm. we were probably silent for about an hour and a half we were like napping or journaling or meditating or just gazing into the abyss. Oh my god, and we saw all these starfish in the rocks and then I googled the totem of a starfish and it has the same energy as a falcon. There you go. What? It's so aligned. Sink city, baby. Fuck yes. All right. We're going to get out of here. Thank you so much to our listeners. Oh, by the way, if anybody wants a birthday message from Steph and I, mm. we do that over on Cameo. So you can check that out. It's Happy a cute thing. Happy birthday to you. Steph ya. will sing. Happy birthday. Um, and we love a good old review on iTunes because that worth is worth its weight in gold in the world of podcasting. So if you haven't, do it. Uh, I'm Elizabeth Cott. Goodbye. I'm Falcon. I love you all. Namaste listening. Today's episode of That's So Retrograde was brought to you in part by our friends at Thrive Market. Head over to thrivemarket.com slash retrograde for 25% off your first order and a month free trial. Oh, play the jingle. Oh, no, just kidding. It's the end of the episode. Bye. Bye. We love you. <laughs> yes, that's a retrograde.